doesn't know reason. Our heart doesn't know right or wrong. Our heart only knows what is. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Down to the Core. I'm Jim, your host for today. I am one of the co-founders of Seed of Hope Soul Coaching, where we are authentic, real, and refuse to sugarcoat shit here. Every Wednesday, you'll get me for an episode where we will cover topics that will set you up for healing and success. Then join Julie and I on Friday, where we will come together and wrap up the week. So let's get started. Hey guys, how are we doing today? Hey guys, I'm Jim. I am the co-founder of Seed of Hope Life Coaching. And down to the core podcast, which you are currently listening to. I am so happy that you have chosen to hang out with me this today for a few minutes and uh, get to know me a little bit. As uh, my wife and I were pondering uh, doing this soul coaching business and uh, uh, podcast, we understand how important it is uh, for you guys to know who we are. When I was in recovery, the thing that drew me, or maybe I'll rephrase it like this, the, the thing that kept me coming back were always the testimonies. Um, a couple of the first testimonies I heard, one was my wife's, and another was really good, who became a really good friend. And, and she wasn't my wife at the at that time, I, I did not know her, but uh, they both had struggled with methamphetamines. And I had never heard any recovery stories from meth addicts, meth addiction. So I, I remember the first time, well, the first couple times listening to these stories, and my very first thought was, wow, if, if God or this program or whoever can help these people overcome this life that they've lived, then uh, there has to be hope for me because I'm not nearly as bad as they are, <laughs> which uh, was a legitimate thought. It really was, um, you know, because, you know, my addiction was uh, marijuana and sex and work and um, so none of those things are nearly as bad as methamphetamines, right? Um, but they definitely lead us down the same path, or they can. So, so anyways, that was kind of my introduction to testimonies. And so I, I, I and I know our, our producer asked a question, and she asked me, you know, if you know you were talking to someone on the street or on the phone or wherever that conversation was taking place. You know, how would you console them? What what would be the the thing that you could you know give to them to offer them hope? And for me, it's it's always been my story, you know, because I dealt with uh, you know crap load of pain like everybody else that's listening to this probably has, and my pain was definitely not worse than yours. Um, pain is pain, right? We all deal with it differently, and um, you know, but I have just over the years experienced a lot of traumatic events, I guess you could say, and I've overcome them. Um, it took me almost 40 years to pull my head out and get my stuff together, right? Uh, they say, you know, you're not ready for change until your pain is greater than your fear, and I used to absolutely hate that uh, saying, but 15 years of 
sobriety and then helping others find it and then uh, becoming a pastor and going down that road and helping people out I've, I've learned that it is absolutely positively the truth it is not until our pain is greater than our fear that we are truly ready for change so today I'm going to share just a little bit of uh, why I'm here and why Julie and I are embarking on this new journey and uh, so my story starts in Roseburg, Oregon. I was born in 64, and uh, Roseburg was a lumber town. Uh, my family been in Oregon since the 1850s, so I'm pretty rooted here. Uh, Roseburg was once um, said to be the redneck capital <laughs> of the world. And, you know, growing up, I didn't really understand that. But uh, after leaving, you know, joining the military and going away and traveling around a little bit and coming back home and stuff, I realized that, yeah, pretty much uh, if there's a area that's more redneck than that, then, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, probably not so much that uh, anymore that way because uh, the timber industry has been killed. And, uh, so they have new things going on there, which, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but... Uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is. So anyways, uh, you know, I, but I grew up in a, in a normal, well, air quote, normal family. Uh, I had a mom and dad at home. You know, again, that was in the 60s. So, you know, back then, you know, people even talk about divorce or, or leaving. Um, although both of my parents, my mom lost her dad and her grandfather, both to logging accidents when she was young. And then my my dad lost, uh, well, I had his biological father uh, leave his mom and him, and he was like two or three. So, you know, um, things still happened, and, you know, as I have had an opportunity to really look back at some of this stuff this last year, um, I could see how those events impacted my parents' life and how they raised me. So, you know, we you know, we, we teach what we learn, right? And, you know, whether it's good or bad, it just is. So, anyways, we, uh, I did, I grew up with both parents at home. So I was definitely lucky in that area. And, so I'm sorry, there was an accident on the side of the road coming around this corner. It's super icy this morning and I'm uh, recording this on my way into work, so uh, looks like everybody was okay, and there was first responders there, though. So, um, so anyways, uh, so it's a pretty normal family. I have a brother, sister, and you know I grew up doing normal kid stuff. And um, although I had a couple traumatic experiences when I was young, uh, first of all being when I was uh, three years old, I was holding a can of gas and a. Uh, a stove or in a garage that had a boat that had been being painted with a wood stove in it and it blew up and caught me on fire I had second and third degree burns over the, pretty much the, the entirety of my body and uh, you know it really formed who I am today I uh, and I'll get into that probably a little bit deeper at some other moment, um, whether it's this podcast or the next. But, uh, you know, I so I always looked different than others. I um, always felt judged. And uh, there came a 
point in time where I had to, to decide whether I was going to allow it to run my life or not run my life. And so I just, I made a decision when I was, I think, 15, maybe 14, that I wasn't going to. I was never going to care what people thought about me, and I was going to do whatever the heck I wanted, whether they liked it or not. And, you know, that could be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. It just kind of depends on how uh, how you bring that into your life, right? And then um, when I was 11, probably, it was the first time I got drunk. And uh, I was with uh, one of my best friend, older cousins. Um, and then, of course, when uh, I was intoxicated, he raped me. And uh, that was something that I had kept suppressed for, oh my gosh, probably almost 30 years. Um, and the funny thing or the weird thing about that whole deal was, you know, I, so I was an alcoholic, you know, um, by the time I was a teenager, I, I was full-blown alcoholic and wasn't necessarily drugs as much. I, I, you know, I tried different things and there was things I liked and things I didn't like. And, um, alcohol was what I liked the best. So that was kind of my wheelhouse. Um, and I, I can remember, you know, going into my twenties and thirties and my later, you know, my later years, uh, I used to wonder, you know, why in the world did I ever start drinking? Why, why do I do this? Right. You know, I mean, I would drink a lot, a lot, a lot and stay out, party until two, three o'clock in the morning, sleep for an hour, get up and go work 14, 16 hour days. Uh, it was my life for a very long time. I, I just, I never knew why. And it wasn't until I got to recovery and I heard, started hearing testimonies of other guys having some of the same experiences that I had, that all of a sudden, it was just those memories started coming back. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, that, that happened to me as well. Um, and, you know, it's, there's these points that happen on our journey and our stories that we're going to be faced with those old, you know, traumatic experiences. Um, and we have a choice, another choice, you know, to either pause our life and take a deeper look at that stuff or to continue to bury it. So at that moment in time, I was tired of burying it. Um, I had had three different um, families, uh, spouses at that moment in time and uh, lost all of them. I lost all my stuff three different times. So I was, my pain was greater than my fear. You know, I, I was ready, I was ready for change and I, I didn't know how to change. I can't necessarily say I really wanted to, but I knew that I needed to. So I embarked on, on that journey of, of change. And for me, that was through the church. I had absolutely no spirituality growing up my experience with spirituality was uh, my grandfather was in the submarines in World War One, and he found Jesus off the coast of China, uh, which a lot of guys in the military found Jesus, you know, uh, that way. And But when he came home, he was reformed. And every time we would go to my grandparents' house, he would want to talk about Jesus, and my dad didn't. So my dad would always say, God damn it, Glenn. We don't want to hear it. Knock it off, or we're gonna leave. And Grandpa wouldn't leave, and we'd pack up and we would leave. Um, that was my experience, and you know what? I became just like my dad. People would start to try to talk about Christ to me, and I would just say, "I don't want to hear it. Why not? I don't know why not. I just don't." And that was it, until uh, 
I had a super, <laughs> we'll just call it a spiritual experience, negative spiritual experience uh, with extreme darkness. And I'll get into that another time in a different podcast, but um, it scared the living daylights out of me. And at, at that moment, I, I knew that there, that darkness was real, the demons were real. And I knew that whatever it was was trying to overpower me, take me out, possess me, whatever that was their intention was, wasn't good. And the next day, I picked up a Bible in the house that I was and went to work and read through that thing. And I didn't understand a whole lot of it. But what I did understand was that Christ loved me and he died for me. And, um, you know, and I was gave my life to Christ and was baptized and uh, thought everything was going to change, you know, for the better. And my life was going to be all roses and puppy dogs. And, um, and it didn't, you know. I mean, my God started working on the inside of me, some of my, um, my addictions, you know, my character flaws, character defects started to change, but at the core, you know, I I wasn't working on, you know, what do you call shadow work or whatever. And, uh, you know, so I I couldn't maintain uh, my positive outlook always. And then, you know, all hell kind of came down on me and, uh, my new wife and, and that just, it didn't end up good. So when that all kind of came apart, I ended up in recovery. And, you know, recovery was something, it, it, it was, it's kind of a trip looking back on it now because uh, those people that helped me get to where I am were loving and accepting and they were they were probably the, the first group of, of folks I've ever I'd ever met that that were that way that that loved me where I was just as I was not as everybody told me how I needed to be and so I was drawn to that you know and they all loved Christ and they all were living sober lives and doing fun things sober and I'd never done that before ever ever <laughs> not for you know one whole day in my life and I, and I learned I learned how to do life sober. And I learned how to have fun doing it. And then, you know, God really got my attention and um, called me to more surrender. Uh, At that moment in time, I'd been in construction for 30 years, cabinet guy, finished carpenter, you know, light remodeling stuff, countertops and floors and decks and stuff. uh, My body had taken a pretty big beating over the years and several back surgeries and, you know, carpal tunnel, all the fun stuff. And I just, I had really been fighting him. And then I whacked my back again right after uh, Julie and I got married. Um, was on the way to the hospital. And I heard God very, very loudly say, you're done. You are done with this. I need you to serve me. And long story short, I became a pastor. And um, that God called us to start a new church. And, you know, reluctantly, always. That's how I go into stuff. You know, my answer is always no first. You know, I'm not going to. You can't make me. And um, God or source or, you know, whatever you want to call it has a way of uh, persistence, I think. Holy persistence is going to be my new term that I use. (laughs) And, you know, so we did. We started a new church and we were in a denomination that uh, they're church planners around the world, but locally 
in the, the church that we were in specifically, uh, not so much. So when I talked to our lead pastor about that, he was just, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And I went above him and he said, yeah, probably not. <clears throat> but, uh, God kept telling me, I need you to do this. So we just, we started anyways. And I'm just, you know, I'm an all in kind of guy. I'm, I'm either going to be involved or I'm not. And if I'm involved, then, you know, um, that's what I'm doing. So we, we started this little church and I think it was, uh, I don't know what you measure success by. I, I hate the fact that the church measures success by baptisms and salvations and the amount of money that you're bringing in. Um, that just has always, uh, it's one of the things that deterred me from staying in, involved in the church, to be quite honest with you. Uh, because I, I look at it as not salvations or, or money, but it's a life change, you know? So I've seen a lot of people come and give their life to Christ and they go back out and keep doing the same stuff and they, they get stuck in that perpetual cycle. So if they're stuck in that perpetual cycle, I don't feel like that was a win, you know, and God might look at that differently. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, but for me, myself, I don't look at that as a win. The church does. Every time they come back to church and, you know, say the prayer of salvation, they, you know, that's another mark on their calendar, right? And something they get to celebrate. And anyway, so it just, it, it really bothered me. And then, you know, we uh, moved, my wife and I did, down to Southern Oregon, down on the coast. We live in a little coast town, Southern Oregon. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful area. And we were involved, um, not as much as I wanted to be, uh, because of, I'm gonna just going to say controlling uh, leadership, <laughs> put it like that. And so, but we were, you know, uh, evolved as much as they would let us be, I'll say that. And then uh, my senior pastor, uh, his wife was uh, being abused by him mentally, physically, and as well as the kids, and so we took a stand and went to the district, and the district basically told me to sit down, shut up, and be a good shepherd, and they gave me an ultimatum, either I could do that, or I could, I could retire, it, that was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make, um, it took me 10 years to get through seminary, and uh, that's a lot of education, a lot of information and uh, the funny thing with that is going through the professors and you know the leadership above me would never answer my questions about spirituality in a manner that my spirit or my soul would affirm um, some of the people that we worked with did uh, they were Christians, and a lot of them were older Christians that, that were really spiritual and, and believed more in the works of the Spirit than what the church teaches, I think. And so, up until that point, there had been a lot of dogmatic things that just turned me off about the church and that I struggled with. And I, I guess this was an opportunity for me, you know, I'm, I'm a fight kind of guy, I'm going to fight for what is right, and I fought and fought.
fought and fought for this gal and her kids, and I wanted to continue to fight the church, um, just for kind of like that righteousness sake. I wanted to be the righteous pastor that's going to fight for the truth, and you guys are wrong, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's not a battle that I was going to win. Um, and thank heavens, you know, I've got a really good friend and confidant that I had talked to about it. He talked about uh, narratives. And uh, he says, you know, Jim, you get to control the narrative in this, you know, so just decide what you want that to look like for your future. And I thought that was just a great uh, little piece of advice, one of the best anyone's had ever given me. And reluctantly, I sent him my paperwork and retired and told him to kick rocks. And that kind of sent me on a, on a path. Uh, so that would have been about two years ago, I think, maybe three Time's kind of hard to keep track of. Um, doesn't matter. But um, and and what that did to me at that, at that time, I had a Facebook page called "Come to the Well." It was just a devotion, a morning devotional, you know. And my stuff is always different because I, I just look at I don't know maybe God talks to me differently or I don't know. It's just it's different than a lot of people's because for me it's like it, when I read scripture or read something spiritual or, or any book whatever it is I, I look at it you know what's my takeaway there's there's got to be a takeaway in everything and if I'm reading something or listening to something if there's not something in there I want meat and potatoes if I'm not learning then I don't need it in my life because uh, the rest of us just clutter you know and so stepping away from the church took away a crap load of clutter and I, I didn't understand that um, actually until right now while I'm doing this but uh, that's exactly what it did it, it took away all the clutter it, it took away the dogma it took away that you have to talk like this you have to make certain that you insert Jesus here you insert Holy Spirit here or Yahweh or God or you know and, and everything is wrapped around this and if you talk about spirituality in any different way then you know, you're out of here, right? Um, and and now I can do that, you know. So, um, so the last couple of years, you know, I've I've spent really just seeking out more of a, a spiritual existence, I guess you could say. Especially going through COVID and uh, watching my wife wife walk through her own journey, and it's been uh, it's been a trip. How far she's come, uh, it's just you know, it's just amazing. And, but I, you know, and I'm always looking at her and seeing her growth and, and every day I think, man, I wish I could grow like she has, you know. Um, but, you know, truth is, I, I probably have. I just, it's, it's harder to see stuff in ourselves, right, than it's easier to see it in others. So, um, I'm so proud of her, you know, for taking a stand, you know, for her, for her rights and doing the things that she needed to do. And I, I think that, um, you know, part of, us stepping into this whole thing is that I mean I love Jesus with everything I have man I mean he saved my life absolutely 100% positive I have experienced the power in Jesus name I've experienced the power uh, through scripture and I've experienced it so when you experience stuff when you actually watch someone being healed of cancer or um, some other ailments when you see it with your eyes, you see demons run, um, you, you can't unsee that stuff, right, so, so you know that it's real, 
uh, my wife made a comment the other day. She says, so was that God or Jesus or was it you? And, you know, it, I'll be honest with you, it kind of pissed me off at first. And, but, you know, thinking about it, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, well, I definitely had a part to play in that, right? Um, it's my faith calling in the source. But the more that I learn, you know, I understand that that source power is within us, you know. So um, maybe it is just us, you know. I don't know, but I'm one of those guys that I will never tell you what to believe ever. Um, I don't care what your beliefs are. Um, I do believe that, you know, when I hear people talk about, you know, I'm an atheist, I call bullshit on that because I, I believe with everything that I got that we are all in search of something greater than ourselves. And maybe we don't know it. Maybe it's a subconscious thing. Um, but we all definitely need something greater than ourselves. And the more I read, the more I study, uh, the more I see, I'm, I'm learning about that power within, you know, so for me, I will, you know, uh, my preset, my default setting is to call it Holy Spirit. Um, if you want to call it source energy or light power or Muhammad or Buddha or some of the Native American, you know, traditions, I can give a crap um, because I, I think that God has a lot of different names I think that source power has a lot of different names, and I really don't believe that it matters what you call it. If you call it Jesus or Muhammad, I truly do not believe that. And my Christian friends, if there's any out there that listen to this right now, are probably just like, oh my gosh. And that's okay. I, I truly don't care what they think. But um, I just, when I, when I think of an all-loving God, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he gives everybody one last opportunity uh, to enter his kingdom I just I believe that you'll never convince me otherwise um, and I've never really I've always struggled with the whole heaven and hell thing um, can it be real sure it can be do I think it is no I don't um, I think that we experience both while we're here on earth and each one is you know, is our experiences, the experiences that I'm living today. The experience I'm living today is heaven on earth. I mean, my life is amazing. Um, I'm doing things I, I believe that God wants me to do. And I'm staying away from things that keep me stuck uh, in the matrix or uh, keep my vibration low. And so, so for me, that's heaven, you know. But I've lived out hell on earth, guys. You know, I, I know what it's like. Uh, I got a phone call one time. Granddaughter was nabbed from school. She was gone. No one knew where she was. It took us seven days to find her. I know. I've lived through hell. Um, and that was probably the most colorful hell that I lived through. So, you know, I, and I remember reading stuff like that in theology. And and I would have those questions. And, you know, the, the teachers or the professors would always say, well, you got to believe it this way. You know, that it's not like that, Jim. And I just, I never bought into that stuff. You know, so, so anyways, you know, one of the reasons, you know, that I'm, I'm doing this is uh, one of the things that happened when we started, when we planted our church was we ended up with, you know, when we planted it, our, our outreach, our, uh, our desire was to impact the lost, right? Unbelievers and, and, and not teach them who Jesus is, but to show them who Jesus is. And our, one of our, you know, mantras was, you know, come as you are just just come as you are you know and I never put on I always wore blue jeans and a t-shirt and 
baseball cap, and that's how I preached, you know. Uh, churchy people would come into church, and they'd see me, and they wouldn't come back, and I was okay with that, because you know what? There's a hundred other churches in town that they could go to where the pastor has a suit and tie. Um, I don't believe you got to wear a suit and tie to get close to God, you know. I, I just, I'm sorry, but I don't. Jesus hung out with the lepers, right? Um, with the dirty people, and he hang out, you know, with the priest and the the people that didn't need healing. So that was really that's just been my call. And but what we ended up with was a church half full of people that were disgruntled Christians that had been to churches and the church didn't fulfill a need that they felt needed to be met. And going through that process, which was totally unexpected for me, um, but going through that process, you know, I, I and just being trying to be true and authentic and um, I think that we help some people see maybe how I hate the word Christianity, but you know, maybe what it's supposed to look like instead of how it is always. And you know, and it was uncomfortable for a lot of other people. You know, they didn't like how we did things, they didn't come back, I didn't care. So, I'm, I'm part of the reason I'm doing this, get back to that whole thing, is because I, I know there's there's people out there that, that grew up in the church or maybe became came to you know Christ or Muhammad, whatever your religion is or faith is um, at some point but you've been disgruntled by it because maybe it doesn't make sense to you well I'm here to tell you the reason it never made sense to you is because what you were taught were lies and I'm not saying every word that they preached or they taught or whatever were lies but I'm saying that the overall message um, is misinformation so I, and I'm, I'm not saying that I've got the whole truth and nothing but the truth but I can point you in that direction. And the first place I have to point you to is to your inner self, right? To your heart. There's, um, I'm just going to close with this little thing here. But there's, in the Old Testament, uh, you know, Israel wanted a king. So God gave him Saul. And when he was first, uh, I'm going to say crowned as king. Um, you know, God counted him righteous. And, you know, he, he, and he was good at it. You know, he did everything God wanted him to do. Well, as they were conquering all these other nations, his men started disobeying him uh, because the Lord told them to kill every man, woman, child, and every beast and not take anything, not to plunder anything. And some of you say, why would God do that? I don't know why he would do it, but he did. And so Saul's men they started keeping some stuff for themselves. And Saul knew about it. And when he got called out on it, he blamed his guys for it. He said, I didn't, I didn't do it. It was them. It's their fault. Well, years later, when King David is king, you know, he's counted, you know, Scripture says that he is counted as God's, as uh, having God's own heart, right? And he did crazy, amazing things. Well, then, you know, he kind of fell in, temptation and you know some say he had an affair with Bathsheba I think he probably raped her instead um, and then he tried to cover it up with murder and murder and murder and, um, but when God called him out he fell on his face and he said forgive me O Lord for I have sinned against you and so here's the thing about these two guys one admitted 
his shortfall, his sin, whatever you want to call it. And the other blamed others for it. Well, the one that blamed others for it, Scripture tells us that God withdrew his spirit from him. God withdrew his spirit from him. And the other guy, David, there was a penalty. God took his firstborn son. But he was allowed to remain king. And he wasn't allowed to, you know, to build a temple and stuff. There's other things. But so when I, when I look at these two things, I attribute this to my own life. And I believe that we are not judged by the things that we do, as the church teaches. I believe that we are judged on our heart. And actually, I don't believe we're judged at all. I think that judgment comes from our inner self and then we're in rear we are reincarnating when we come back. We hope that we learned a lesson and we get to do it different this time, right? Um, so, I mean, because Jesus says over and over and over, I did not, I'm not here to judge you guys, right? I'm here to heal. And and I think that that's, that's why we're here too, right? We're here to heal and to move on, to grow from our past experiences and to become better people. So, you know, what you're going to hear from me is a, a montage <laughs> of different ideas and you know you take the ones that you resonate with and the ones that you don't you know discard them uh call me crazy or whatever i i don't really care uh but i'll tell you right now i'm reading the book of the of, of the raw right the law of one and i know my christian friends are all up in hand you know up in arms and why would you do that so i'm doing it because i want to learn Right? I, I, I want to learn, and I think that we all need to, to learn, and we can read stuff, and our spirit tells us, source energy, again, whatever the hell you want to call it, tell us either, yes, this makes sense, or no, it don't. When um, we are young, as, as, as we grow up, you know, we are educated um, beyond, oh my gosh, beyond any other country in the world, probably. And we're told what to thought, how to behave. Uh, you know, this is right, that's wrong. Uh, the whole thing, right? And we are never taught to listen to our hearts. We're always taught, you know, is it, is it reasonable, reason meaning, can you reason it out with your brain? Well, here's the thing, gang. Our heart doesn't know reason. Our heart doesn't know right or wrong. Our heart only knows what is. So if we follow our heart, we follow it, call it your spirit, your intuition, you know, again, it, it, it's just names, um, call it what you want. If, if we listen to that, we will never go wrong. And, you know, I'm, I'm every day trying to be more cognizant of what my heart is telling me to do. And I'm here to tell you, when I listen to that, um, Specifically, I mean, like at work, uh, going to work and inside there's something that tells me, hey, you should grab this or you should grab that or don't go this way or don't go, you know, whatever. When I do those things, everything goes great. When I don't do those things, later in the day, <laughs> something happens. And I think, damn, why didn't I do that? Or why didn't I grab that? Because inside there was something telling me, you need to do this. And, and it's not just work stuff, it's life stuff, right? So... You know, my, my whole goal and, and, and hope and prayer for you guys is that, you know, this thing is not about religion. Um, and that, that's why we call it soul coaching, you know. And I, I like life coaching. And that's what we're going to go with at first. But, you know, I, I think of life, 
you know, life is kind of like for me when I look at that, it's the works. That's the things that we're doing on the outside, right? And, and that's all good stuff. Um, and, and, it, and it can lead to, you know, good or bad repercussions later on in the day or week or years to come. Uh, but when I think of soul coaching, I think if, if we can help you to listen to your inner self, uh, listen to your higher power, whatever it is you want to call it, um, to do the hard work that you need to do of, of healing, because that, that's really my gift specifically is to help people to heal. Um, if we can do that, we can coach your soul, we can heal your soul, then I'm here to tell you, man, your life will not just change, but it's going to fucking drastically change. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to wake up someday, and it's not that you are going to be a different person, but everything around you is going to be different and better. Um, because the universe is open to you guys. It's open. I'm, I'm here to tell you, it is open to you. You can manifest, um, call it manifesting, call it prayer, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, Julie and I have been living it out. Uh, being blessed by God, you know, we've translated that into uh, manifesting, you know, differences in our in our in our uh, in our reality, and it works. And I don't care what you call it, whether you call it prayer, or call it manifesting, man. When you go to source, source listens, and the universe moves. So that's my jargon for today. Um, my prayer is that you get one little nugget out of this thing, and um, hope you come back and. I hope to meet you guys all one-on-one at some point in time, one way or another, get to know you guys. And I just want to pray blessings upon all you guys today. I hope your day is truly blessed. And uh, keep your head up. Uh, turn to source. Turn to your heart. Don't don't make any decisions based on your emotions. And, uh, man, just, just have an amazing day today, okay? We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.